Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. I just want to start off by telling you about something special we have going on this week on our Patreon page. That's right. Our history expert, Brody Karn, comes in and talks about some weird and wild walking marathons from the late 1800s. Now, you can only hear these episodes if you're a $5 a month Patreon member, which is the Old Lucy level. That's right, the Old Lucy. But you get exclusive content every uh, every other week, and uh, we bring it straight to you. So go ahead and join Patreon. Search This Was a Thing. And you know what? You want to give us five bucks a month? You can hear some extra stuff. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Now, on with the show. <laughs> uh, what do I do now? Okay. I'm loving it. Ugh, McDonald's. Man, a sexier phrase isn't in the English language. French is a different story, but definitely the sexiest English phrase. McDonald's. Mickey D's. Super size me, baby. But here's the thing. For every DQP with cheese, which is a double quarter pounder with cheese, there's the McArch Deluxe. For every McChicken, there's a McStuffins. You see, McDonald's hasn't always been a hit factory like ABBA. No, no. They've had quite their share of failures. Or, as we like to call them, Mick failures. This week on This Was a Thing. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Ray. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. On today's episode, we're looking at McFailures. This was a thing because McDonald's is one of the biggest corporations in the world. They bring in tons of cash and dominate the fast food market. Now, with all that cash, they're allowed to try some new food items. Some are a success, but most are failures. Mick failures. These are their stories. I'm loving it, you fuckers! Oh! Now, if there's one thing that Rob and I can agree on, it's McDonald's. It may not agree with us, but that's for another episode. Uh, uh, McDonald's is known for a lot of successful menu items. The Big Mac, the McNuggets, the fries, all staples of a healthy American diet. But over time, they've experimented a little. It's like McDonald's has kind of been in their college phase. They've always wanted to bring the public new offerings. Like I said, sometimes they work. 
like the McRib. Yum. But most times, they don't. Like the list I'm about to share. Now, I looked through numerous lists online to compile and share with you the worst McFailures that have been brought to the light of day. This isn't a ranked list, but rather a chronological timeline. Thank you. So I can make my own choices of what should be the worst and what should get a second chance. Thank you, Raymond. Absolutely. Now, before we get into the list, uh, let's just give a short early history of McDonald's. McDonald's was originally started by Maurice and Richard McDonald in 1948 in San Bernardino, California. What, what, California? Ray Kroc was an appliance salesman. More generally, I believe he was a milkshake appliance salesman. He noticed how efficient their restaurant was run. Walk-up order windows were a new thing, and they helped move customers through much quicker than parking and ordering from your car like most little fast food places would be. Mm. Now, Ray Kroc saw a big future in the restaurant and offered to begin a franchise program for the brothers. In 1955, Ray Kroc opened the first franchised McDonald's in Illinois. He would eventually buy out the McDonald's brothers in 1961 and be the head honcho of the company. Kroc would introduce the world to the double arch symbol in 1962 and Ronald McDonald in 1963. Now, Kroc, Ray Kroc was also behind... The introduction of the first McFailure. May I ask you, so I'm assuming at this time, the menu is just like... It's burgers, fries. Burgers, fries. Mm-hmm. We an, we don't get into chicken sandwiches. No. We don't get into salads. There's no McNuggets. Nope. McNuggets weren't introduced until 1980, believe it or not. Is that true? Yeah. God damn, 1980 is a good year. It's a great year. Oh, fuck me. Okay, I'm sorry, so con- no. so continue. Please. I apologize. Ray Kroc wanted to introduce a meat-free sandwich option for Catholics during Lent. Oh! So he dreamed up the Hula Burger. It was a pineapple slice and two pieces of cheese on a toasted bun. Mmm. And instead of pickles, they used communion wafers. That's true. Had to go to confession to have the Hula Burger. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Now, at the same time the Hula Burger was introduced, a Cincinnati McDonald's franchise owner, Lou Groin, had come up with the idea for the filet o fish So that and ultimately beat it out. So Lou remembers, Ray said to me, well, Lou, I'm going to put your fish sandwich on a menu on for Friday, but I'm going to put my special sandwich on too. Whichever sells the most, that's the one we'll go with. Okay, fair, fair. Friday came and word came out and I won hands down. I sold three 150 fish sandwiches that day. Ray never did tell me how his sandwich did, but according to the Smithsonian Magazine, he only sold six hula burgers that day to the 350 filet of fishes. Ironically, they were to six Jews. (laughs) (laughs) Now, yeah, the filet of fish won out and is still available to this day. Croc had said aloha to the hula burger just as quickly as he said aloha. Now, of course, in 1968, it was time for McDonald's to try and compete with Arby's. Now, by introducing the fried roast beef sandwich, it was a sliced roast beef on a sesame seed roll served with a side of barbecue sauce. Now, it was actually a hit with customers, but it would have required all stores to install a meat slicer, which would not have been very cost efficient for the times. So it was pulled and hasn't been back since. Do you like Arby's? I love Arby's. Oh, me too. Me, me too. Oh, my God. Is there an Arby's around here? Mm-hmm. Could we go there? Yeah. Okay, continue. In the late 70s, Mickey D's thought 
it would be good to add some Italian to their burger menu. Why? <laughs> with the Mick Spaghetti. You're lying. Swear to God. Now, it didn't catch on and it was removed shortly after, but the dish was a hit in the Philippines and it is still available there to this day. And you can get it as a side to complement your fried chicken that they sell in the Philippines McDonald's. The perfect combination. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Mick Spaghetti. Yes. So, how, first of all, how was it? I picture them like taking one of those french fry holders that's and just dumping the pasta into there it's on a mcnuggets holder it's so it, it's one so that it's a little opens. box yeah little but, styrofoam box but there's pictures of of the mixed spaghetti in the philippines and it's literally in the same box is there tomato sauce on it yeah it's just it's tomato sauce with spaghetti any meat no really yeah it's just tomato sauce you know why i bet you it probably didn't work was like think about it like because most of the time you're getting like fast food you're driving right so you can keep like one hand on the wheel and one hand on your food item Right? Yeah, you just need to learn how to eat spaghetti while driving, I guess, is the story. Looking to provide an alternative to french fries, in the late 70s, onion nuggets were introduced. Now, imagine the inside of the onion, but fried. So, like an onion ring? But not in a ring. Like, you know, when there's, you know how you have all those rings, and in the middle of the ring, there's that center of the onion? Yeah. Imagine that fried. So, I mean, it would be kind of the same thing, but just more like chunk of onion as as so not like a big it wouldn't be a circle O-ring. no it it's would like just a tight be, little yeah it would be okay. like a nugget so they were removed from the menu uh, by the end of the decade but luckily in 1980 chicken mcnuggets were introduced and so those took over for the onion uh, the onion nuggets to go with the onion nuggets the chopped beefsteak sandwich was created in 1979 but it never really got past the test stages but they luckily was a commercial for it McDonald's presents the perfect ending to a less than perfect day. Our chopped beef steak sandwich. Hey. Only McDonald's puts 100% pure beef together with fresh slivered onions on a toasted French roll with our specially blended steak sauce on the side. Well, that's not just another steak sandwich. That's McDonald's chopped beef steak sandwich. Nobody can do it like McDonald's can. Nobody. I'm going to be honest with you. It looks really tasty. It's kind of like the same oval shape of a burger king chicken sandwich exactly yeah it's, it's just it's a longer burger patty but usually when i think of like a like a steak sandwich i think of like loose steak meat oh like yeah a philly style with cheese whiz on it yeah but this is a patty and it was done for to put with the onion nuggets yeah it was like around that same time as like a thing so i think that's why the barbecue sauce was also a because it's, it's, chi- it's diced tomatoes with on uh barbecue sauce you or need, steak sauce technically you need like gum after this onion nuggets onion sandwiches it, and it sounds interesting but there's something about that name <laughs> chopped beef steak sandwich you think that's why it wasn't successful i mean yeah it looked good i mean i feel like that's the only one that really tells you what the name of what it is did anybody in the youtube comments say yeah i tasted it and this is what it tasted like these sandwiches were beyond belief i cannot tell anyone how delicious they were mcdonald's please bring this back forgot all about this i used to love this sandwich look at these i just couldn't imagine me being like hi could i get a chopped beefsteak sandwich please thank you Make it a meal. This sounds fucking delicious. Why would they get rid of this? What was this thing called again? The chopped beefsteak sandwich. It looks really good. I think I must be hungry. In 1984, McDonald's wanted to try a new way of packaging their burgers. The McDLT came in 
a styrofoam container with the meat and bottom bun on one side of the packaging and the lettuce and tomato on the other side. It was done to prevent the burger from getting soggy. McDLT, McDonald's, lettuce, tomato, get it? McDonald's was leaving it up to you to put your burger together, essentially, so they wanted you to do the work. But they even got a young Jason Alexander to be the spokesman for McDLT. Now check out this ad. Hey, you say you're getting tired of lettuce and tomato hamburgers in this town that don't quite make it? Yeah! You say that just once you'd like your hamburger hot and your lettuce and tomato cool and crisp all at the same time? Yeah! Well, I say you got it. I'm talking McDonald's new lettuce and tomato hamburger, the McDLT. I'm talking quarter pound of beef on the hot, hot side. And the hot stays hot. The new McDLT. of things if i may it's so all it's always so bizarre to me because i know how talented he is to see george costanza oh singing dancing and sexy and confident and doing well exactly oh yeah now by the early 90s the problem was that people started to realize that styrofoam is bad and was harmful to the environment so mcdonald's pulled the mcdlt unfortunately mc r.i.p mcdlt Now, of course, the cheddar melt was introduced in 1988. It was essentially a patty melt, including diced onions. So that's a big thing. Diced onions was a big popular thing in the 80s, I believe. It didn't last long, but it was brought back in 2004. Again, not lasting very long. Now, in 1989, McDonald's slowly started to introduce pizza onto the menu. It was meant to attract dinnertime customer base, so it was served only after 4 p.m. It was meant to compete with the rapidly rising Domino's and Pizza Hut at the time. Um, the main problem was is that it was made to order the pizza, so a slow-cooking pizza didn't quite fit in at the king of fast food. There are rumors that say you can still get it at select chains in the U.S. and Canada still. I believe they said that Orlando, you could still get yourself a McPizza. Yes, you can. I, I know that for a fact you can only get it in Orlando. How? Because my, my grandparents took me once and the family for a McDonald's pizza. It was not good. It was not good. And I remember you had to wait like really long. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's the problem is since it was made to order that people didn't, you know, they'd go into McDonald's to be like, okay, I'm just going to have it. You don't go to McDonald's to like have a... An, a, a restaurant dining experience. Well, that's what you say. That's true. I'm sorry. That's where I like to go for all my fancy meals. It's the Mickey D's. It was not good pizza. I couldn't imagine. It was not good pizza. So let's get to the wonderful 90s where, man, McDonald's really started to go, let's fuck with some shit. Are you basically saying that McDonald's has this this core menu, right? Which is their burgers, later on McNuggets, but burgers and fries. And anytime like another restaurant starts to compete with them, they figure out what that restaurant's doing, then try to integrate it. Oh, well, wait till I get into 2000 because they introduced a burger that would compete with another restaurant chain's burger. Now, Mighty Wings were introduced in 1990. They seem to just be a 
fried bone-in chicken wing, so just like what you get at you know KFC. It kicked off the new decade perfectly. Fried bone-in chicken wings. That says 1990 McDonald's, if you ask me. Well, they didn't do too well, but I mean, it's pretty well because they ended up getting pulled in 2003 from all stores. So they had a 13 year run. But good news if you're still living in 2013 because they were brought back in 2013. Uh, McDonald's was ready to have a mighty hit on their hands. So they bought 50 million pounds of the product in 2013. They again were not a hit and they got pulled throwing away 10 million pounds of leftover wings in the process. Once again, what do you do with the bones? I think Rob only eats while driving. Yeah, <laughs> it's called, that's why you have it. It's it's a drive through Let's talk some more early 90s. Introduced only to the Chicago area at that time at the height of Michael Jordan mania, McDonald's dunked on the competition with the McJordan special. It was a cheeseburger on a sesame seed bun with pickles, raw onions, bacon, and barbecue sauce. Everything that I associate with one number 23, Michael Jordan. L.A. is feeling blue. Detroit's the same way, too. Because only one team can repeat. And only one town gets to eat. The McJordan special. Now it's back in town. It's some awfully good eating. That's why it bears repeating. But McJordan special is. Reference point for that. So they mention L.A. and Detroit. So this came out in 1991. Uh, The Los Angeles Lakers, the best team that's ever been created uh, or uh, assembled, uh, lost to the Michael Jordan Bulls in 1991. And they also mentioned Detroit, who Jordan finally beat the Detroit Piston Bad Boys to get to the finals. So a little context for you sports and McDonald's fans out there. Like Rob, the person sitting across from me. Mr. Sports. Yeah! <laughs> Take that bat. Hit that football. <laughs> nice nice score. Well, here is the 1991 edition of the McLean Deluxe. Now, before it was common for McDonald's to offer healthier options on their menus, they introduced the McLean Deluxe in 1991. It was during the diet craze fad of the late 80s, early 90s, so it was hip. It was supposed to be lighter than a Big Mac, and McDonald's used seaweed extract as a binder to create the 91% fat-free burger. And I'm guessing that seaweed extract was a fad, too, because if it wasn't, then I'm sure that was not a nice thing to hear. Oh, gross. While the Big Mac had 26 grams of fat, the McLean Deluxe only had 10 so that's 16 less grams of fat right there. The burger didn't taste enough like a Big Mac, so it was pulled, and the New York Times then dubbed it the McFlopper. 1992 brought us the year that McDonald's would try out a lobster roll. The McLobster, baby! Woo! Lobster is filled with big, tender chunks of Atlantic lobster. This is one sandwich that's bound to please everyone. Well, almost everyone. There's a little lobster that's trying to get the McLobster out of the McDonald's. He doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to die. Can I tell you something? I have had the McLobster, and I had it in uh, Cape Cod. 
and it's actually quite good. It's not cheap. Uh, the price point was three ninety nine back in nineteen ninety two, so that probably was a lot of money. I mean, three ninety nine for a sandwich nowadays. Oh, that's pricey. They brought it back in two thousand fifteen to select New England markets, so Cape Cod, like you said. Yeah, that's where I had it. But it didn't catch on again. Uh, one main resident said, "If I want a lobster roll, I could think of a dozen places between here and the nearest McDonald's where I'd get it." That does make sense. That I understand. So people from Maine didn't like it, but. Boy, those tourists that come in for the summertime. You mean me? <laughs> Loved it. All right. Who doesn't love Hot Pockets? I actually don't like Hot Pockets. All right. So we got one person who doesn't. If you don't like them, don't tell us on our Patreon. Or do. Actually, no. If you subscribe to our Patreon, you can tell us whatever you want. We, we welcome anything. But Hot Pockets, savory, flaky, and pastry were in when it came to food. So in 1993, McDonald's brought us McStuffins. Nope. Not the Disney Junior Show Doc McStuffins. No, no. McStuffins were McDonald's answers to the Hot Pocket craze. Small, stuffed French baguettes came in flavors like chicken teriyaki and pepperoni pizza. What? Yep. How'd they all find out already? We haven't even hung the new McStuffins banner yet. Did you tell anyone we're going to bake our own French bread all day? Uh-uh. Did you say anything about stuffing the bread with barbecue-style chicken or chicken teriyaki? No. How about the pepperoni pizza or the Philly beef and cheese? No. Oh, brother. Words out. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread. New McStuffins. Yeah, what you want is what you get at McDonald's today. Jerry, did you mention this to anyone? Mention what? Would you have tried a McStuffin, Rob? I will be honest with you. What I'm seeing in the commercial looks quite delicious. Right? I would absolutely try I a McStuffin. Have, I would have tried a McStuffin totally. Like, especially, I would have, it's like a calzone. Yeah, exactly. And a chicken teriyaki? Oh, my God. I would have tried that in a second. So, wait, why'd they pull it? They just didn't fit in at McDonald's. Now, McDonald's wanted customers to say hola <laughs> to chicken fajitas when they were introduced in 1993. Chicken, cheese, red and green bell peppers, and diced onions all rolled up in a flour tortilla. Their commercial said they were like a taste of Mexico without the sunburn. Who's these brilliant marketing people? Exactly. Now, they didn't last long, but in 2013, a change.org petition was created to bring them back. And there's even a Facebook group about bringing them back. So... If you want to join our Facebook group and then join that one, that feel free, but join ours first. Thank you very much. Do we have a Facebook group? Will yes, we? we do. Okay, perfect. In the summer of 1995, McDonald's tested McHotDogs in the Midwest. Now, they didn't catch on, and they've tried them again a few times unsuccessfully. Now, let's get back to the, uh, the guy who franchised Ray Kroc. He never wanted hot dogs on the menu, writing in his 1977 autobiography, there's a good reason we should never have hot dogs. There's no telling what's inside a hot dog's skin, and our standard of quality just wouldn't permit that kind of thing. Can you read uh, the title, please, of Mr. Croc's autobiography? Grinding it out. The making of McDonald's. Thank you so much. I'm loving it! I'm fucking loving it! Hey, friends, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, could you do us a favor? After you listen to today's episode, open up your podcast app and leave us a review, please. The more reviews we get, the more people will discover us, and the more people that discover us, the less lost we'll feel. You're good, buddy. It's okay. Uh, look, nothing has ever been easier to do. Just go ahead and grab a pen real quick. It's okay. We'll wait. Don't worry. Okay. Head on over to your podcast app, click those three dots in the lower right-hand corner, 
Click Go to Show, scroll down till you see ratings and reviews, then leave us some stars and a comment or two so our parents know that it was worth all the tuition that they spent. And if you really love us, head on over to Patreon.com and send us some money, and in return, you will get access to merch, special episodes, bonus content, pictures of me shirtless. Okay, okay, that's P-A-T. R-E-O-N dot com. Search This Was a Thing and help us out. But you know what? You've already helped us out today by listening to us, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. Now, in 1995, McDonald's brought us the Triple Double Burger, three burger patties, and two slices of cheese. Oh, and a bun. Is this to compete with In-N-Out? No. No, I don't think they were really competing yet. Uh, I think they just were like, hey, let's just put... What is what do we, what do we need? Oh, a third patty. They're only having minor heart attacks. <laughs> now it was also known as the superhero burger due to its tie-in to the film Batman Forever. Can I persuade you to take a sandwich with you, sir? I'll get drive-through. Introducing McDonald's superhero burger. Tomatoes, crisp lettuce, the great taste of two cheeses melted over three beef patties on a superhero bun. It's McDonald's taste of the month everyone's making a break for. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Let's fast forward all the way to 1996. It's an Olympics year, Rob. The Olympics. I remember the Olympics in Atlanta. I was not asked to go. But you were close. I was. The McArch Deluxe actually sounds pretty good. It had a burger patty, circular peppered bacon, leaf lettuce, tomato, cheese, Spanish onions. You know how they can tell you can tell they're Spanish? There's an accent, ketchup, and a secret sauce. The issues now weren't the flavor. That sounds good, but rather the advertising. See, the company is said to have spent $200 million on advertising the McArch Deluxe. It was marketed as a sandwich only for adults, even calling it the burger with grown-up taste. The commercial for the product features two young rappers literally saying, yuck, to the burger. Okay, guys, you're grown. Want an Arch Deluxe? Yeah! McDonald's Arch Deluxe. A big, beefy burger, juicy tomato, crisp lettuce, tasty sauce. All on a bakery-style roll. America's favorite new burger has the grown-up taste. Arch Deluxe? You don't even get a toy with that. Now, there was even an ad featuring future wife of Justin Timberlake, Jessica Biel. So that's pretty cool. It ended up getting pulled from the menu in 2000. But again, it made a short re-emergence in 2018. But the damage had already been done. All right, to start the new millennium, in 2000, McDonald's wanted to bring some health back to the brand. That's why they introduced the McSalad Shakers. I remember these, and I actually really liked these. So it was a salad served in a clear cup with a rounded lid. So Wait, wait, can you describe it, but talk really slowly while I close my eyes and just don't look over in this direction? It was a salad. Okay, I'm done. Thank you. So it was served in a clear cup with a rounded lid. It was essentially what their shakes come in now, but there's no hole on the lid. So just imagine that. You put on the dressing, you shake it up, and boom, 
evenly distributed dressing on your salad. It's like a martini shaker. Exactly. It was McDonald's way of trying to get in on the bring a salad on the go trend that was happening at the time, which, man, that was a trend that I certainly don't necessarily remember except for these. One commercial asked, Who's shaking up everything you know about salads? Oh, spoiler alert! It was McDonald's. Now's the time to head to McDonald's for crisp, cool McSalad shakers. Just pour on your favorite dressing, shake, and get dressing on every bite, making them surprisingly fun to eat. So I want you guys to picture this commercial like, you know, Madonna's Ray of Light music video? Yes. So instead of her going through all these different cool cityscapes, it's just salad falling behind her while she's, I mean, it's obviously green screen unless they found these giant leaves of salad (laughs) for this lady to dance in front of. And she's shaking it up. This is the most early 2000s commercial I've ever seen in my entire life. She kind of looks like Jenna Fisher from The Office. Okay, yeah. She looks like Pam. Yep. Wow, that's quite a salad. Who's shaking up everything you know about salads? Did somebody say McDonald's? A worldwide Olympic partner. I, too, fondly remember these, and I've had conversations with people in my adult life about them. Uh, Sadly, in 2003, it's crazy they only lasted three years. I guess I got more salads at McDonald's than anywhere else at that time. McDonald's shook McSalad shakers off the McMenu, adding the more appealing McDonald's premium salad. Bullshit! I don't want a snobby-sounding salad from McDonald's. A McSalad shaker is the exact kind of salad treat I want. And I will say, I still use the McSalad shaking technique that I learned from this menu item to this day when I get a salad with a lid on it. I put the lid on, put the dressing, shake it up, and it brings me back to an easier fucking time. It was easier back then. It was just easier. You want to lay down, buddy? Oh, my God. Everything's good. So, same year, The Big and Tasty premiered nationally, 2000. And it actually had a pretty good run, lasting until 2011, when it was removed to update the menu with newer items. It was a basic burger with cheese and all the fixins, lettuce and tomatoes, plus a secret sauce. And this was the burger that was meant to compete with the Whopper. Now, what would be the secret sauce? Like, what did it taste like? I mean, I think the secret sauce is always just Thousand Island sauce. I mean, it's really always Thousand <laughs> it's Island. It's a secret. Yeah, exactly. The secret is there's only 999 Yeah, exactly. Island. I was going to say, well, it's only 998 Island, so that's why we can't know how it is. It's actually Thousand Island, but it's close enough. So, shh, it's a secret. I really fondly remember the Big and Tasty, and I wish this one would come back because I thought it was good. You hear that, McDonald's? Bring it back for Ray. Size big. Ray Kroc, Ray Hebel. Come on, Ray is requesting it. In the early 2000s, McDonald's decided it was time to spice up their breakfast menu. To do this, they introduced the Spanish omelet bagel. I kind of like that Like they'll introduce something once every like six or seven years. And then in 2000, they brought out all these new things. I feel like they were sitting around and they're like, hey, you know, if we survive Y2K... <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to just hold back my ideas. I'm just going to do them. If I, you know, boy, if we survive this, then they were like, "Fuck, I got I'm going to do it, man. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new me. I'm going to put salads in cups. <laughs> I'm going to throw bacon on everything and shit. What about breakfast? Fuck, how about an omelet? What about a Spanish omelet bagel? Yeah. Let's take the 21st century by storm. I can't sit on the sidelines anymore. Ham, cheese, and egg on a bagel with Spanish spices. Now, it wasn't a hit they were hoping for, so it was removed. However you say that in Spanish. 
Uh, 2002 brought probably the most controversial item on this whole menu. It's called the McAfrica. Really? It didn't do very well publicity-wise. Uh, it was released only in Denmark and Norway, so it wasn't released in the States. And Africa is spelled with a K. I have a lot of questions. It was during a time where Africa was in one of its most intense famines ever. Uh-huh. So the contents of the sandwich were a burger patty, cheese, and vegetables on a pita bread. Was the money going to f- no. the famine? No, it wasn't going to the famine. There was just a bad famine going on, and McDonald's decided that it was time to launch a thing called the McAfrica. Oh, my God. I would assume that it was called the McAfrica, and it was like, you know, no. every 50 cents goes to help the famine in Africa. No. Oh. The company did try to apologize, offering up to uh, to set up donation boxes in McDonald's that sold the McAfrica to help those starving in Africa, but the corporation still let the sandwich run its intended course, so it didn't get pulled, but they then brought in those donation boxes, kind of like you mentioned. But up until there was an issue with the public, they didn't have any donations or anything. For some odd reason, though, McDonald's did decide to bring the sandwich back in 2008 for the Beijing Olympics, along with the McEurope, McAmerica, McAsia, and the McAustralia. But the McAfrica, that had an exotic African sauce now and is now spelled with the proper C, uh, it was blasted yet again. Do you know about the other f- burgers that they have there, the McEurope and all that stuff? Well, yes, I do. I have Are you going to tell me about each of them? Yes, I am. I would love that because I've never heard about this. So the McEurope was a crispy chicken filet burger with shavings of Parmesan cheese and traditional Napoletana sauce made from a rich tomato, oregano, and basil. So, so like Italy. It's a, yeah, it's a McItaly almost. Now, the McAmerica was a lightly toasted bagel with two rashers of premium bacon, freshly cracked egg, and topped with spicy mustard. Not the America I know. That's not the America. Now, of course, the McAfrica is two all-beef patties. <laughs> They're really pushing this. Two all-beef patties, cheese, fresh tomato, and lettuce dressed with an exotic African sauce of mayonnaise and spices. The McAsia was two crispy chicken strips in a large tortilla wrap topped with fresh cucumber, mayonnaise, and a Thai sweet chili sauce. Now, there was the Australia, which was a lightly toasted traditional damper bun with 100% Aussie beef, premium bacon, juicy pineapple, and a barbecue sauce. So, can you explain to me exactly what is a damper bun? A damper bun seems like it is a uh, type of bra- a bread that's made in Australia in the outback, uh, but instead of using the actual fire, you use the ashes of the fire. Kind of puts a damper on the whole camping situation. <sighs> Continue on. So the summer of 2003 must have been filled with excitement in Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia when McDonald's tested the McCrab there. I had McCrabs once. Well, that was in college. I went to an exchange school in Scotland. Crab cakes are extremely popular in that region, obviously, so it was only natural for them to test out the McCrab sandwich there. It offered a 3.5 ounce crab cake on a bun, but that wasn't enough for the sandwich to compete with the local crab cake's from the area. Did you not learn with the McLobster? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, in 2006, when they launched it, the McDonald's Angus Burger made history. It was the first burger made using beef from Angus cattle sold at a major fast food chain. Now you see Angus Burgers all the time, but in 2006... The new McDonald's Bacon and Cheese Angus Third Pounder. Before taking it on, one must study it first. Rushing in unprepared may prove overwhelming with all that juicy 100% Angus beef. There, you found a point of entry. The bacon beckons like a springboard to paradise. One small bite for man, 
etc., etc. Angus Axiom number 11. Bring on the bacon. The astonishing new Angus Third Pounders. All Angus, all McDonald's. Of course, good meat, like Angus meat, comes with a price, and the Angus burger was just too much money at $4. It was taken off the menu in 2013. Now, somebody made a point that when you get four or five burgers off the dollar menu, nobody's going to buy an Angus burger. So point, set, match. Now, of course, the filet of fish was popular, so in 2013... They introduced McFish Bites. Is that like nuggets? Like chicken nuggets? Yep. Fish nuggets? Yep. They wanted to have another fish menu item at McDonald's, but they realized that customers didn't need more than one fish item, so they quickly returned to sea. McWraps were introduced in 2013 as a potential subway buster, quote unquote, intended to attract a younger clientele. Uh, they came up with your... They came with your choice of fried or grilled chicken, cheese, bacon, and a selection of sauces, and a couple ingredients that had never been served at McDonald's, like cucumbers. Ooh. uh, But they were pain to prepare. Employees had to steam the tortilla, chop the ingredients, stuff and roll the wrap, and fit it inside a cardboard sleeve. They were axed three years later. But I remember McWraps were pretty dope, Especially, that's something, Rob, that's something you could eat when you're driving the McWraps. Yes, you could do that. Mozzarella sticks were introduced on the dollar menu in 2015, but they were soon pulled. You see, the reasoning being that a man sued McDonald's for $5 million in damages because he got some that didn't have cheese in them. Uh, they were referred to as fried air or just empty shells. So just imagine the breading of a mozzarella stick with no cheese and a lot of people were getting that mcdonald's falsely advertised claiming that they contained 100 percent mozzarella cheese when it was just 100 percent breading did this a man sued for five million dollars because he didn't have cheese in his mozzarella stick yeah and well and it was happening so often that it became like they tried to make it into a class action i couldn't find a settlement so i'm guessing they did it out of court but it was definitely like from there was numerous reports coming out and if you think 2015 was definitely twitter time so people could be tweeting the people a fucking refund what the hell is this yeah in 2017 mcdonald's wanted to prove how trendy they were so they dropped the sriracha kale burger it was exactly what it sounded like a publicity stunt uh i mean sriracha and kale on a burger so yeah could you imagine going to mcdonald's and going hmm what are the kale options i don't like kale in general and i don't want to imagine mcdonald's kale no another international menu item was the corn shrimp burger that was rolled out as a promotional tie-in for despicable me 3 in south korea Corn and fried shrimp in a burger. Hello, pescatarian delight. Wait, I've never seen Despicable Me 3. Do they eat this? No. No, they don't. But the advertising had the minions on them. They weren't around for long, but shrimp burgers actually showed up later in other parts of Asia a few years after that. Uh, This time with no movie tie-in, unfortunately. There were some items that were put on the menu that, of course, were not food items, but also were McFailures. The most popular was the supersize. Ah, the days of supersize. Yes, not necessarily something that you could eat, but it definitely died a cold, sad death. Supersize was originally introduced in 1993, and you could get your fries and drink upsides to a larger than large size. But when Morgan Spurlock had to come around and make the documentary Supersize Me, the upsize went bye-bye. The soda actually came in a barrel, remember? (laughs) You had to get in your car. I do have one more item 
This one I actually couldn't find a release date on it. I tried looking for it, but it was another international item. It was from Japan. Customers could try the Micratine Croquette, which is very French for a Japanese product. And you're wondering, what could that be? It's a deep-fried patty that was made up of macaroni, potato, and creamed shrimp. This was only in Japan? Yes. Look at this. I am looking at something I have never seen before. It is the tiniest little bun. It looks like a crab cake, but it's oozing macaroni and mayo. It's like a fried macaroni and cheese ball. There's like black gravy on it and little sad pieces of lettuce. Yeah. That was also known as the Gurakuro, and it didn't last long. I will say critics noted that the flavor was just odd. I don't know if you know this, but Gurakuro in Japanese means, what the fuck is this? That is true. Now, that completes my list of McFailures. After the break, I want to discuss if Rob wanted to bring back any of these besides, obviously, the chopped beefsteak sandwich, and if Rob had any that he remembered that I didn't cover. So we'll be talking about that after the break. I'm loving it! This was a thing, this was a thing. And now... This is a sketch. And now, a message from the Catholic Service Service. Hello, America. I'm Father Martin O'Dalton. Being Catholic and a consumer can be tough. During Lent every year, things get harder and harder. Luckily, the fine people of McDonald's have a wonderful Catholic man at the helm. Let's all give three Hail Marys for Mr. Ray Kroc. Come on out, Mr. Kroc. Hello, Father. Thanks for having me on. Now, being a consumer can be tough for the -the on-the-go Catholic. Sometimes you need a quick Friday meal, but the meat-free options are few and far between. I survived for three days on your French fries alone. I wouldn't recommend that, Father. Now, some of the genius Catholic minds at McDonald's Kitchen came up with the newest future hit. The Hula Burger. Why don't you say aloha, Father? I don't know what that means. It's not in the Bible. Aloha means hello and goodbye in Hawaiian speak. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Now, the Hula Burger is something different. Now, do you like our buns, Father? McDonald's decadent buns are heaven sent from God above. And you like our cheese, right? It's American. I like anything that's American. I may have Irish on me tongue, but I've got America in me heart. Because we got the bun and cheese, and we pair it with a slice of cold, juicy pineapple. You, you said a juicy pineapple with a slice of cheese between a bun. Did, did I hear you correctly? I brought a few for us to try right here on the air. Right now, you say? Uh, here you go. I've been keeping them warm in my coat pocket. It's lined with wool. Dig in, fella. <laughs> Father. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Bless this sandwich, mm-hmm. please. Whatever it may be. I need you now the most, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Pretty good, right? It, it's, it's something. I can't quite place the taste. No, it's Polynesian. I noticed uh, you didn't take a bite. Would you like me sandwich? Didn't need to, eh, before I came into the studio. Plus, I'm allergic to citrus. This stuff makes me swell up like a Zeppelin. Oh. Uh, the second one's all yours. Seems like you're liking it. I don't think I'll need the second one. I prefer you wait. It helps the sales. I put a lot of money into this surface. You're eating the second one. We need to wrap this up. You haven't even finished the first one yet. I'm trying, Mr. Crook. Thank you, dear Catholic patrons, for tuning in to the Catholic Service Service. We want to thank Ray Kroc for joining us this week. Here, eat this. 
I spent a lot of money on this. I can't have some franchisee's fish sandwich beat this out. Ooh, a fish sandwich is Forget saying. I said anything. Here, I have something else for you. Can we bring out sandwich number three, please? Oh. I want you to say aloha to something <coughs> while I make my exit while saying aloha. Aloha. I would like to close today with a prayer. Dear Lord, please help out Ray Kroc. Please help him find something, anything for us Catholics to eat when we are to be without meat. He mentioned a fish sandwich. Is that something, God? Anything. Please. McDonald's needs your guidance. Father Martin O'Dalton's prayers were answered that day. In 1965, the fish filet made its triumphant debut, never looking back and remaining on the menu until this day. Thank you for tuning in to the Catholic Service Service segment, Proving God is Real. Thank you. This was a sketch. McDonald's will always bring out new food items to test with the public. They always make ads, and if anything, the new items get press. Plus, randomly, they'll always bring back items like the McRib, which will always create a buzz amongst the McDonald's elite. Personally, I'm not a McRib guy. What about you, Rob? Do you like the McRib? You know what? I have never had the McRib. I had it as a kid. And I was like, whatever. But my mom was so excited about when it came back. I guess she liked it. I had it again as an adult, and I didn't. I don't think I ever need to have it again. Especially, and then I found out that the meat that is used is just pieces of pork that is still technically edible, but they would never tell you that the pieces of pork are ground up and to be into a shape of a patty that is supposed to look like a rib. So they don't tell you that. <laughs> But it's back all the time. The two items that on the list that I missed the most are from the early 2000s, which makes sense considering that was when I was in my early teens and McDonald's was the simple option if I wanted to have the closest thing to having lettuce and tomato. The Big and Tasty and the McSalad Shakers, they both need to make a comeback. Do you have anything that you remember on this list that or that wasn't on this list that you wish would make a comeback? You know what I wish would make a comeback? And folks, please tell me if I'm if I'm if it's a Mandela effect thing and I'm misremembering this. I remember that Chicken McNuggets used to have a smoother skin texture than what is out there now. And there used to be dark meat included with the white meat. I didn't like the dark meat. I was always looking for the white meat. But I feel like the McNuggets had a smoother texture to the skin than they do now. I don't remember that. I don't get McNuggets really anymore. <gasps> oh, really? Every time I go to McDonald's, I always get the same thing. It's I always get a 10-piece McNugget and a cheeseburger. It's my same thing all the time. When I go to fast food restaurants, I don't ever deviate from my order. Like, if you name a fast food restaurant, I can be like, I always get this. I feel like the one fast food chain that competes with mcdonald's the most on trying new menu items is taco bell ah yeah okay and taco bell i change it up because they always have new things and a lot of times when i or want to order something they don't have it anymore so then i have to change it up i remember because one of my favorite things in college was taco bell had a thing called a club chalupa chicken club chalupa yep and it was just a chicken chalupa with bacon on it, and they got rid of it and i was so disappointed have you ever had chicken fries from burger king yes and i don't like i i eat them but I used to, I really preferred the chicken tenders. Remember the chicken tenders? Yeah. Those were my favorites. So Taco Bell competes with McDonald's, but when it comes to burgers, no one tops Mickey D's when it comes to trying out the new odd items. Let's be honest, McDonald's is a comfort food for millions of people, including the two of us, which makes it more likely for new items to be tried out. 
People know they deliver good burgers, so why not try the chicken fajitas, right? If they give us good burgers, then I'm guessing they're going to give us chicken fajitas. So yeah, McDonald's is, it, I feel like since they have such a rapport with the public, it's easier for them to try new things because people are like, it's McDonald's. You know, like, let's try it as opposed to like some random Joe Schmo burger place that's like, guess what? We have chicken fajitas now. Come on in and try them. I can only imagine what they're coming up with now in their secret McLaboratory behind the scenes in the city of industry. <laughs> if I did miss anything, which I'm sure I did, let us know on our social media what the items were or tell us what you missed the most because I know that some of you out there are probably missing the McLobster or the McCrab. Or if you were in Denmark and Holland and tried the McAfrica, let us know. And let us know if you also donated. Please, I hope you donated. I honestly thought you were going to say the McAfrica was a thing that they put out there to be like, hey, like every 25 cents goes to... No, no. Jeez, Louise, Louise. You know, it's so interesting, though. You bring up a, such a fascinating point, which is, you know, you go to McDonald's for comfort food, so you don't like when someone changes your comfort food. No. That's why it's comforting. But I feel like as long as they don't take something off the menu that you feel comfortable, like adding something, you, I feel like I would be more comfortable trying one of the new things. As long as they didn't take off my fate, you know, as long as the double quarter pounder with cheese is still there that I can go to, mm. I would be willing to try something. Because it's like, oh, let me see McDonald's take on it. Yes, it might not be the best lobster out there. But you want to try it. I would, tr I mean, I would, uh, the McCrab for sure. You know what else you should try? What? A game. Okay. This was a thing and now it's a quiz. This is a, this was a quiz. Ooh, the McRib, right, boys? Right? Yes. Oh. Did you have, have you ever had a McRib? I actually can say that I have never, ever tried a McRib sandwich from McDonald's ever. Not. I don't think uh, for you. I did when I was a kid, and I was like, eh. And then when I was an adult a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, McRib is back, and like you know, the advertisement got me, and I never need to have it again. I think yeah. I had like a bite, and I was like, I'm gonna eat the fries. Yeah. Before we started, Mark, would you tell us a little bit about what you've learned about the McRib? Well, I'd heard this little factoid about the McRib that um, McDonald's brings it back occasionally, as we know, it's sort of a, a, a marker of time when it comes back. It's a big event. What I'd been told was that McDonald's does that when the price of pork in the market drops so low that it's economically feasible for them to like buy a wow. lot of pork. So the McRib coming back to McDonald's is an indicator of like economic <laughs> instability. <laughs> the McRib is back. Oh my God, I need to check my stocks. Oh my God. Yeah, there's people on Wall Street looking Jesus at Christ. The, <laughs> the indicators yeah, to be like, exactly. oh, my portfolio. The next Wall Street sequel is just about the McRib coming back and everything failing. Yeah. Gordon Gecko's like, Charlie Shit! Sheen staring at the McDonald's menu. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of yuppies freaking out in, in $1,000 suits and just barbecue sauce in the corners of their mouth. <laughs> what is happening? Fuck Janet Yellen, get me Roy Kroc. <laughs> but it's a staple. It's here just you know it's coming back every it's never gonna go away people fucking love the mcrib and i was thinking like they cram a lot of rib meat into these sandwiches okay or or imitation rib meat but i was like what else can you cram some ribs into mm. so that's the title of the game is what else can you put ribs into <laughs> i played this in college i'm gonna read the definition of a word uh -huh. okay now you guys are gonna work together to guess what the word is each of the words that i'm defining has the word rib in it r-i-b in that order oh okay is in this word somewhere okay okay so rib is in each of the words Got it. just based on the definition you have to guess the correct word okay, okay. that i'm defining and they get harder they start sure. smaller and easier and they get harder question number one 
An ancient record keeper. Oh, uh, scribe. Scribe, yeah, I was going to say scribe. Scribe, correct. That is correct. Question number two. Illicit transaction aimed to curry favor. A bribe. Very good. A bribe. Very very good. Very good, Ray. I think there's a delay. Question three. An act, statement, or gift in honor of someone or something. Uh, A tribute? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. They do get harder, I promise. I'm already stumped, so... Number four. A forceful and bitter verbal attack against someone or something. A diatribe. Okay. All right. Yes, that's correct. Number five. A thin stream of liquid. Thin stream of liquid. Riboflavin? A dribble. Dribble! Oh, god damn it! Get out of get out of here. But you'll be happy about this next one. The proper name of the B2 vitamin. Riboflavin? <laughs> yes. Yes, nice! Yes! <laughs> Literally the next question yes! on my list. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Okay. An English card game that involves playing and grouping cards and combinations. Cribbage. Yes. Whoa. Oh my good, didn't even finish. Sorry. No, if you know it, you shout it out. Don't be shy. <laughs> Uh, question eight. Punishment af- inflicted on someone as vengeance for a wrong or criminal act. R.A.B. R- R- is in here somewhere. Oh, is that the game? That's, I think so. Rib. rib. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Retribution. Oh! Retribution. Retribution. Number nine. A quality or feature. Attribute. Oh. And the last one. Can you cram ribs into? The full name of R.N.A. In the news because of the mRNA vaccines. What is that chemistry back in that middle school chemistry class? My, my class just invented fire. So anything after that, I'm a little oh, well, lost by. It's a pile of dust in front of a microphone. I don't know. Yeah. Ribonucleic acid. Oh! I had the nucleic acid. Yeah, me too. And I couldn't figure out what the R was. She just said rib. Rib nucleic acid. I probably would have given it to rib. A rib, rib nucleic, nucleic acid, acid, which is what I get when I have too much barbecue. Oh, Lord. And those are just some of the things that you can cram ribs into. But you were both very, very good at that game. Thank that you, was, Mark. That was a good one. Very, very Thank good. Thank you. That, that was fun. If you tasted any of the wonderful McDonald's products that we talked about today, uh, leave us a note uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let us know what you thought of some of these McFailures. And hopefully, you got inspired to go get a double quarter pounder with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy your Aloha burger. Mm. Aloha. Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cut Cut Schwartzberg, our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese, our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford, our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing's Too Graphic DeSavia, and finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was a Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was a Thing Podcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And if you really liked what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors, and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was a Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 